Lisa, in your opinion, why did this movie about Peggy Guggenheim need to be made? You know, I've thought a lot about why this movie should have been made, and it's really, it's a story about a victorious woman coming alive, finding herself, and really finding a place in history, and being able to be there for the artists. And it was a story, this, this was a historical figure who was very misunderstood, and I wanted to really show who she was, and, um, and I hope that it really, that her role in art history and her legacy is really firmly planted on the ground after this. Why do you feel she was misunderstood? You know, I think that Peggy's misunderstood for many reasons, and probably she is the culprit of all of this, because she spoke so much about her lovers. She had this kind of open way of approaching life, which is fantastic, especially for that time, in the time in which she lived. But all of her accomplishments have always been underplayed, and her accomplishments are so huge. And, you know, now that we can step back and look at what she really did in life, we, you know, she's, she implicated herself in a lot of different countries and a lot of different art movements and in a way that no one else did. I mean, I can't think of another person, an, another historical figure who has in the way that she did. And maybe we can figure it out. <laughs> Lisa, the two documentaries that you've made are about very bold, iconic women, one in the art world, one in the fashion world. Do you think that the film world is as embracing of female filmmakers? The, the, the question of female filmmakers and are they embraced by, by the world of filmmaking? Uh, you know, I'm clearly very attracted to the story about a woman, but for me, it's really the story about transformation that I, am, I like. I love the idea of a character reinventing themselves and becoming someone. and. You know, I never really, and of course I've been asked this question many times of, you know, is there room for women? I don't really think of it like that. I just think that we're all human beings and we just need to go out and do what we want to do. And, you know, it may not be the right answer, but I don't, I feel that, you know, these are, this is a story about two women who defied really any of the norms of society. They were both very much ladies though, in a traditional way, but they accomplished so much because they had this inner drive. And what is it more important to me is to have an inner drive and passion. And so I'm not sure I've really answered the question, but I don't really feel that I'm held back in any way that I'm a woman. I feel like I have any choice of any man in the, in the world. And you said with your documentary about Diana Vreeland, that at that time, it was easier to be original and that it's probably harder today. I did say that? Yes, I heard it from another interview and I agree with your statement. Why do you feel it is harder to be original today? You know, today it's interesting because you, th you talk about originality and here I've done a film on two different characters, Mrs. Vreeland and Peggy Guggenheim. And um, they had, first of all, life was very different back then and there was, there's this, they looked at the world that the world was their oyster. They had any opportunity they wanted to. There was no norms of how a woman should be or shouldn't be. They, they just lived their life. And there was also something about the people who surrounded them. You know, the 20th century was so rich, full of these important historical, from if it was artists or different cultural figures. You know, today there's something that I'm not saying that we're short of those kind of astounding figures, but there's just everything is influenced from the past at this point. And they were living when everything was 
starting in a sense. And so they, they were there with the original roots. I mean, they were there in Paris in the 20s with Diaghilev, with Nijinsky, with Cocteau, with Man Ray. And today we draw on all of these iconic figures. And, um, and I struggle with the sense of, you know, being original. And, and for me, I think originality is also about approaching life in this kind of very honest way and very down-to-earth way. And I think that today there's a lot of coverage of, you know, there's not a lot of even direct communication with human beings anymore. It's much more through the internet or, you know, not even telephones at this point. It's just SMSs or, and, you know, it's, you should go out to life and just grab it and be present in it. Your decision to use interview footage that had some criticism of Peggy, why choose to show that about your subject? I think that in Peggy's hist history is so confused out there, and it is partially due to her. And I think that it's, you know, you, you have to show warts and all in a story like this. And, you know, she has, you know, there are a lot of people who have criticized her and, you know, and, and didn't quite know if they should validate her role in art history. And I think that if when you have people and who knew her very well, and the perfect example is John Richardson, who plays a very important role in the film, he showed both sides of her, and it showed both sides of her personality. And, and I think that it was important for him to delineate these emotional shortcomings, or the lack of beauty, or the lack of good taste. And then also to balance that out with you know, well, she was, you know, when she showed at the Biennale in 1948 in Venice, I mean, it was really important. And it had a huge significance to a lot of artists in Italy at the time. But I think you need to show both sides. And, and in this case, you know, she wrote her tell-all biography, so she was the first person to really let it all hang out. Did you ever look at the footage of the film and say, maybe that's not commercial enough? Maybe it's too avant-garde and I need to strike this? So in the, in terms of the... This film was, a, I, th I thought, the perfect piece to be able to showcase a lot of archival footage. And from avant-garde films to footage of artists to some other footage of people, you know, had really, it's, un it's, it's footage that has never been seen before in motion, in motion pictures. And, um, and I, for, not for, a, I would have loved to have so much more archival footage in that film. Because for me, there are not many movies where you can really show the lives of these artists and to show an artist working in a studio. You know, we had Giacometti, you know, we had Brancusi and Duchamp kind of goofing around, like playing with each other in the studio. Picasso with his art dealer, Conweiler. Gertrude Stein with Alice B. Toklas at their house in the country with Basket. You know, this is, this is very rare footage. And I did not want to compromise anything in the, in the film for that. I mean, it was really important to tell the story. The question is, is it sometimes, does it become too pedantic? That's the issue. Does it, because it's in, when you have a film that you have so much historical, so much historical information to put into it, does it just become too much to see all of these references to, you know, you're, and, and almost too linear to have. If somebody's talking about the Louvre, boom, you see a picture of the Louvre. And sometimes you just can't help but show it. And it's, it's also, and I think that, I feel that people were very, they really liked the footage that we used, which is nice to hear. <laughs> Two of your films have been about reinvention. How much do you resonate with the topic of reinventing oneself? Oh. I think I read something 
about you that I think I read something about where you said you started making films later in life. You seem wonderfully young to me, but how much do you resonate with the topic of reinventing yourself at a certain age? You know, it, it's clear that I must be very attracted to this whole theme of reinvention because it's something that I've done with myself. You know, I've never, I started my, I studied art history, so I'm very thankful that I've finally been able to use everything I studied in art history in a film. And, um, but I started working in fashion and, um, but I, very and I I loved it and my energy was right for it for it but then I really wanted to work on projects that I was very passionate about and I was able to do that young at a, at a very young age and so I have been always reinventing myself I've just really followed what's something that I've fallen in love with and I've done it and movie making really started as it was accidental because I decided to do a book on my I'm married to Alexander Vreeland who is Deanna Vreeland's grandson and I decided to do a book on her because I really didn't know I had only heard about her and I knew about her but I really wanted to get to know her and then I decided to make a film and I enjoyed the process and for me the process of filmmaking is so much about research and I really love that aspect of research and sitting down and and conducting interviews but it, it's it's more of that academic side that I love so much it's a little boring but well how is that to take a book I know one of which you wrote, and the other one, forgive me, I don't know the author's name. Uh, Jackie Bogardwell. Okay. Yes. So what's the process like to actually take a book and turn it into a movie? Well, you know, we didn't, so in the case of Jackie Bogardwell and the book we optioned, her, her book is Peggy, The Wayward Guggenheim, we optioned her book, but we did not, op, when we optioned it, we didn't really take it verbatim in any way. We just, we optioned it to be able to use the material and to use the tapes. And we did not follow the layout of her story in the book. We really just followed Peggy Guggenheim's life story. And, um, but you know, it was a very unusual situation with Jackie because she opened up all of her research to us, which is, which is not typical. And she had access to over 200 people who have long been dead and um, and it, it really changed it, it changed the narrative of the story also when we started to use the tapes because uh, the tapes really make Peggy come alive in a very different way and Jackie asked such smart questions that it just pulled the story story forward and that was really important to us but it is certainly not the typical way people work work with books at the option so we were lucky